Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am your host, Mandy Beverly. This is a podcast for women by women. As we know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but sometimes we know there can be a few stormy seas. So when the tough times happen, the proverbial hits the fan, what do you do? Who do you have to become in the process? That's the real story, and that's remarkable. We love to tell the story of women that are a few steps further ahead on their own entrepreneurial journey. They know exactly what it feels like to be where you are. So these women are not only paving the way for themselves, but they're also paving the way for the women that follow in their footsteps. This is Remarkable Woman Radio. Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. Today I am here with my special guest all the way from New York City. Her name is Dawn Troutman and she is a very talented um, not only actor and singer but she also is a coach and mentor for people to help them live a more professional and, and really get their personal lives and who they are out there. So welcome along to the show Dawn. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and sort of in New Zealand with you today. Yes, you are. It's so nice. It's lovely. So Dawn and I met a few years ago and, um, and I'm just very impressed because not only can you sing and dance and you've been on Broadway and you have your own Netflix series as well that you've created. <laughs> you are also helping people really expand their reach. So how do you do it all? Ah, thank you. I, um, just as a point of clarification, you won't find my series on Netflix. It is a Netflix style series. Oh, okay. Thank you for just thinking it. Um, I, that's what we need, right? To believe it as though it is true. Um, so I think that I am constantly remixing the mix, whatever happens in the world, I'm looking at all the different pieces and then kind of making a new recipe out of them. And one example was the beginning of the pandemic. Since I'm in musical theater, of course, our contracts were all canceled. And thus, my kind of very big side gig of being a life coach, I grew it by 84%. I had more time. People had unique needs. So I just shifted the way in which we were, I don't know, that I was using my time. And with this um, series, it's called A Dairy Tale. You can Google it, find it. Um, That we still put out a third season. Even in a pandemic, we used old footage. We recorded some things remotely. People who had appeared on the series were so wonderful about filming their own things where they were. So it's, it's just always a new mix. That's kind of how I make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds amazing. And how was the pandemic for you in New York City? Because obviously here in New Zealand, we were getting all the, you know, all the news and it didn't look very, um, it didn't look great over there. So how did you navigate all of that just personally? Um, Because I guess isolation would have been a big factor for you. Yes, it is a very big factor for us because we are among other people the moment we step out our front door. So even bringing the garbage or getting the mail, we're among people. And first of all, people were great. There was nearly universal mask, you know, usage and the distancing and all of that. 
Also, I found I needed to be intentional about being around people. I found myself scheduling people to be in my bubble almost. I had a friend I met outdoors for dinner once a week, and I knew that I had that signpost. The other thing I did intentionally was to start volunteering at the food bank because it was something that was not going to close and it really grew a lot. They actually did need volunteers. So that became another really wonderful bubble of people for me, not only the other volunteers, but I got to know the people who were using the food bank as well. So in 2019, the food bank that I'm at, their budget had been $8,000. And in 2020, the budget was $20,000. Like it was a ton more food going out the door. Wow. Yeah, we've had the same here in New Zealand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really incredible. And um, I know, I think it's a really good point, isn't it? That, you know, even just opening your door, as you said, and going out, that's, that's you're kind of very confronting in a way. Yes. So, um, so and, but I love what you just said also about having signposts throughout mm-hmm. your week. I just mm-hmm. really way that you said that because that is actually really important even now when you know we're sort of all coming out of this pandemic we hope um that um you know that we actually do put signposts into our week and to help us just to organize ourselves and work towards something and particularly when we're self-employed as well yeah right I kind of was joking we you know uh, entrepreneurs and coaches had been on zoom and then all of a sudden, the rest of the world joined the Zoom party. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> everyone thought it was this new invention. And we've been working that way and having to structure our time from home all this time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our old hands and it was like, okay, let's just get on, get on Zoom. Right. Right. Yeah, actually, the people that uh, run Zoom, they must have been in an absolute flap trying to upgrade it to suddenly have the world on there. Imagine that sort of right. growth mindset needed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a life coach and you work a lot with um, with pastors and ministers and helping to grow churches and their reach and things like that. How did you get started um, with that niche? I actually went to seminary and worked in churches early in my career. So I was connected in with that world already. And I had experience. I worked at two very large churches in the suburbs of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I also, through that, got connected into a national event in the United States. And so that, even to this day, keeps me connected to a lot of people in that population. Our event this year had 1,800 people registered, which is enough for one little life coach like me to have that as my audience and build up my business. Well, the fact that you're used to the stage and things will probably help you deliver your message. (laughs) Yes, yes, there's that too, right? Yes. (laughs) It's cool. And it's great that they actually want to see themselves as more than what others may see them as well. Isn't that it's so important? It is. So. And especially they are often in smaller communities where, like we just talked about the pandemic, they are the pastor the moment they walk outside the door. You know, they were they were sort of local famous before we had sort of viral celebrities. They were they're always known their actions in the the supermarket matter, you know, that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of pressure. There's also 500 bosses or however many people belong to the church. And sometimes it's hard to carve out an identity beyond being the pastor, being the 
minister, whatever, priest, whatever it's called in the denomination. And helping people see the humanity of it, you know, that they get to have a life and do more things as well. And sometimes it's time to just leave and go to a new community. And that's a whole thing too. So those are the kinds of discussions. Brilliant. And Mm -hmm. it's great that you are there. So, you know, we were talking before about everything that you have going on and they're quite diverse. I mean, Dawn, you're multi-talented. And so... (laughs) How do you fit all the pieces together? I, well, as I was saying, like the recipe kind of shifts all the time of which things get the most attention. I also bring in the other pieces to most things I do. So this national event for the Lutheran youth workers and um, pastors, I am involved with the main stage and working with presentation skills sort of as an actor. And this year as a life coach, when the pandemic began, I was already coaching some pastors and youth workers in that, but suddenly everyone had to do online worship. And so the actor thing can come in there too, of helping people with camera angles and how to run and structure all of that. Um, I'm just always mixing it together in different ways. The the dairy tale, the the web series, it it, I mean, it's a comedic thing. It's clearly acting, but just producing that were skills that I've learned from this national event that I run. So they're they're all they're always cross mixing, always re redoing the mix. And I've actually started coaching a few um, showrunners, which are the people that are sort of like determining the storyline of a longer Netflix series or a TV show, um, and helping them kind of create a story arc and also organize their lives so it doesn't take over. So just always finding the new way to mix what I'm already doing. And that seems to be a theme among life coaching clients as well, a new way to mix together their life in a way that works for them. That's brilliant. And, you know, because we are, we do all have a lot of talents and I think we think we've got to go down one lane and that's it. Mm -hmm. But it's actually really amazing when you can bring all of you to what you do is just so much more powerful, isn't it? It's just, and it's more fulfilling for you as well. Right. Feeling like you're segmented all the time. One of my coaching clients is a pastor and she thought like, that's the job. I'm a pastor, you know, and then started thinking about how she just really wishes there were more old people in her church because she just loves senior citizens and then figured out a way to be interacting more at the local senior citizen center doing a, but she's getting in there because she is a pastor, you know, like she can run their weekly worship or um, another person that wanted, she, she's just into like kitschy items, another pastor at a very small church. And now she runs a subscription box for female pastors that has just taken off like wildfire. It's called concert crate and um that's a great name (laughs) isn't that so great yeah Yeah. so she's making it work by doing these other side things and not like oh she needs money it's like she has these other passions she's sharing in the world it's and then she gets to lift up artists because they're putting things in the box and then that's advertising and you know that's just who she is so all these different people mixing it together in different ways 
I love that. It's amazing. And and you're doing the same and then leading them on there. That's great. <laughs> so what inspired you to get started in your business? I became a life coach before it was cool. <laughs> I like to say so. Um, I went to grad school at NYU in organizational psychology and such a small sliver of it was executive coaching inside the walls of the um, business. And that was in 2003. And I, at the end of it, just learned about life coaches and it was not a thing in the culture. But as soon as I heard of it, I knew it was a thing for me. And I mentioned it to one friend and they were like, oh, yes, that's you. You have to do that. So I did get the additional certification and I have been life coaching since 2006. What is one thing that you wish you'd known when you first started out as a life coach? I wish I had understood marketing much, much better. Yeah, you're just, you're always marketing. And now that I know that marketing is storytelling, I'm back to the actor thing, right? (laughs) So um, I love it, but I did not know, first of all, that I had to be doing it all the time and how to do it. And there weren't even people out there talking about it in this way. That's a great thing to to realize, isn't it? So what came first, life coaching or acting? Well, I mean, I started taking ballet when I was three, like a lot of people do. And um, so I guess the acting came first. I mean, I was doing high-level shows. I was in a dance company, high school, all that kind of thing. And I've seen seen your um, show reel. It's amazing. You're very talented. I'm quite in awe. It's actually, it's one thing I can't do is sing. I've got this terrible memory of trying out for a high school, high school show. And I think my voice just went way up and off tune. And that was, I was just wanted to be swallowed up. It wasn't a pretty day. It wasn't well, a pretty day at all. We need audiences too. It's just as important or the thing doesn't happen. everybody's important I've got my role (laughs) yes yes um what what do you find really tends to push your boundaries and kind of stretch your comfort zone and and how do you know when you're really at that edge and that Mm. you know you know that it's kind of that scary moment of here we go type thing when I have to contact people that I believe have a bigger footprint in order to partner with them. I get into these stories about who do I think I am? And then often they're, they're lovely. (laughs) So it's more, I can do it in a role. Like if I'm running, you know, the, the national convention thing, or if there's sort of certain reasons or even on behalf of the web series, but it was just me, I'm selling myself as a coach, then it's harder to reach out about some of these partnerships with people who have a bigger footprint. Isn't that interesting? So what do you do? Do you create a role for yourself so that you just, you know, pick up the phone? You go, okay, this is my role with bigger footprint or, right. you know, what, what do you do? Because I think we all have that same thing. We want to go here and we go, well, who do we think we are? You know, just right. what you said. So, right. so what do you do in those moments? Did you give yourself a good talking to or do you just – take a deep breath or do you run away and hide? <laughs> what do you do? Um, some of it is an internal journey and some of it's reaching out, just trying to find a human within the bigger organization that I can make a connection with. And um, 
yeah, there is some of the sort of taking on a role, like you said, like being an alter ego in a manner of speaking that I'm this person now who, who I'm someone who does this. <laughs> um, and I would say I, I don't do it super often. I keep just inching up cause that's safer, you know, inch up just one level, one level, one level, instead of just going really big and making some of these contacts. There is a saying that I've heard, which by an inch, it's a cinch, by a yard, it's hard. So sometimes inching up is actually really, you know, going in increments is really good. And then sometimes you just have to go, okay, now it's time to do that and just let let everything fall where it may. But, you know, without going there you never know do you and right it's funny that the stories that we tell in our heads can actually delay us for days and it's just a story right <laughs> so, so interesting right so your your brand big picture big purpose.com um what do you think it stands for what do you like to think it stands for the name came from an e-course I ran years ago. Um, It bubbled up out of there. And then I called the e-course that for a while that um, we tend to get lost in the details and then forget, you know, the big picture. And especially when you can connect it to a big purpose. So I tend to work with a lot of people who are very aware of their values. They're very aware of being doing good in the world. They believe in the greater good. And so it's sort of a map of keeping the big picture in mind, having the big picture be connected to your big purpose, and then going back and designing the details of your day and week to serve those big things and not getting caught up in the busy work or the things that drag you down. Beautiful. What would what would something what would you like to debunk about the industry of you know life coaching? Because I mean you you've got you know a couple of degrees. You know it's not like you were just you know done a thirty hour course and just stepped into it. You know you have um, you know you've made it your mission for the last what nearly twenty years, which mm-hmm. is very hard to think when I look at you. But uh, <laughs> but you know so what would be a common myth you'd like to debunk about the industry? I think people assume the life coach is just going to tell you what to do because a sports coach does. A sports coach is like, you know, here's the exercises that you'll be a better basketball player. And I know exercises, but I'm not going to say what has to be the outcome or exactly how you're going to do the thing. It's more of a highly guided discussion. And then together we decide what the accountabilities are going to be as opposed to me just being like, you need to do this, or I'm going to solve this problem. You know, it's, it's not me just telling you what to do. So you're helping the person just actually bring out their own. Yes. Their own, I don't know, essence really, and put it into their life rather than trying to live someone else's life. Yes. That's a very good way to say it. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, no, it sounds really lovely. And I think we all know what we want. We all know what we want. It's just, do we have the the bravery, the, the chutzpah, is that the word? You know, do yeah. we have the hookspah to actually say it out loud and actually start to move towards it? Um, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think that's the tricky thing for people because then that who am I sort of starts to come up again, isn't it? 
Yes. Even moving to New York, I came here to go to NYU and get this second master's degree. But secretly, I wanted to see if I could make it in theater. But to speak that into existence and tell people is scary because what if I hadn't gotten very far? You know, you, you want to hide your failures instead of just going for it and owning it. Yeah. You need a chutzpah. You need the chutzpah. Now I know how to say it properly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I think um, owning it is just so important, isn't it? And failure, I think even um, Ariana Huffington has said, failure is just part of success. It's just on the way. So we think it's this really bad thing, but it's not. It's just like, we're going to do it. So let's just do it, you know, and, right. and just make it part of the process and rather than the thing that holds us back. But yes. talk, talking about that, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you love to give her? One thing that was big in moving to New York it was just owning my gifts and almost advertising myself. You know, when you're an actor, you're your own advocate. When you're starting a business, you're your own advocate. And I think um, I was coming from a culture in the middle of the United States where you shouldn't brag. You have to be humble. You do your very best. There's so many excellent people that I was surrounded with in the Midwestern United States, but you, you never show off. And in New York, you do. Everyone is excellent here <laughs> at whatever they chose. You know, it's all different things and you have to like own it and go for it. And I wish I had thought through some of that confidence and be more open about it in order to sort of compete in the market and find my way, not compete in a way that I don't need to tear others down, but to just find my place in it more quickly. So how did you find that? Because obviously you've been in New York now for quite a number of years. So how did you actually find that? Is it just putting yourself out there all the time? Was it getting rejected? Was it just getting annoyed with being rejected? Or is it just keep working on yourself to just, or is it just watching what was happening around and just kind of by osmosis, you go, okay, I see what I need to do now. Yeah. Some of watching what's going on around, some of seeing where I get the positive feedback and then going with it. The people, um, when I do musicals, I'm always a mid-century housewife, always. <laughs> and so I just owned it, you know, like go all in and be that. And that's, you know, better, but it takes a while of trial and error and seeing what jobs you get before you realize where your niche is with that. Um, and with coaching, you know, when you just, when I started, I always had to explain what a life coach was. Now I have to explain what kind of coach I am. So I think that came around as the industry grew. For many years, I was the only coach anyone had ever met. So you can be a little more general about who you serve. Over time, then I had to pay more attention to who was resonating with me, who really you know, whose language I speak. And of course it's industries where I've worked. I've worked in churches. I worked in creative industries. So of course that's who's drawn to me with coaching. Beautiful. If you could have dinner with three people alive or dead, who <laughs> would it be and why would you choose them? Such a great question. One of them I think would be uh, my maternal grandmother died before I was born. So she's just been like this mystery 
in my world. So alive or dead, probably her. Um, and also I would love to, I know this is, <laughs> who do I want to meet? Like one person that comes to mind is Chelsea Clinton. I'm fascinated with growing up in that sort of public space. Mm. Like the American publicity machine is just really incredible. And she was 13 coming on the scene. And so what was that like? And she's carved out a great life now. And she's like an advocate and author. And I want to hear her current story as well as a real person. Um, And the third, who would make a great... I am fascinated with Reese Witherspoon. I'm being so American here. Um, but I Reese Witherspoon, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she is using her platform. You know, she was speaking up very early on in the way she could, even as a younger, lesser known actor. And now, you know, there weren't enough women's stories being told. So she's producing them with her own production company. And she's really great about using her name recognition to pull others up of all kinds, you know, she's a white woman who's pulling up all these other types of women of all ages and races and identities. And so I like the way she sees the world. That's great. And she is just, I mean, we get, we get the Reese's pick for books and bookstores here and, and the great stories, you know, and then, um, yeah, she is just very clever, very clever. Yes. Yes. And taking risks. Mm, I think we could all learn a little bit from her. Yes. 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 (laughs) Because it probably it's even a bigger risk when your name is so well known. Right. Like it's going to definitely be in all the media if she fails. And yeah. (laughs) So you're risking it in front of everyone. Yes. Do you have any advice that you'd love to give someone just, you know, who could be listening either from my audience or your audience? What would be one bit of advice for the either business or life that you'd love to share with them? I would love for people to honor those little nudges. People tend to discount the hobby or discount the thing everyone compliments them on. But those things are part of what make you amazing. And they are things for you to share. You don't have to sell it the way I'm sort of always jiggering things around. But they are ways in which you can be helping. And so own it look for ways to help big, small, occasional, or constantly. They're, they're real and they're, you know, divine. The, the things that you think come easily are not coming easily to everyone and celebrate it. It's so interesting. I've just been having conversations with people this week is how we discount what comes easy to us. And yet there's a reason it comes easy to us because it's easy. So we don't fight. We just, it lights us up a lot more. And I love the way that you, you put divine into that because it is a divine gift to bring something out that is with ease, you know, I mean, there's great to have challenge. We need challenge, but that ease is, um, that's just part of who we are. And it's easy then to bring our essence into the world too. If we just, share what comes easy with us wow right and and your people probably are appreciating it and you're like what it was nothing yeah exactly (laughs) right 
<laughs> it's crazy. And you think, oh, well, shouldn't I have to work hard? And, and then you go, okay, where are all these beliefs coming from? I mean, yes, hard work is, is obviously, a, you know, it helps you get places. But the mm-hmm. um, but actually working hard at something that comes easy could be quite a cool, cool way to think about it. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm, nice. I love that you brought that up. So this is called Remarkable Woman Radio. And so I have a question that not everyone likes to answer, but I ask it anyway because I'm all about women wanting to value themselves. And so what is remarkable uh, remarkable about you, Dawn, and about who you are and what you do? I find one of the things that I see myself doing that not I don't see a lot of people around me doing. I can get a whole group to work really hard toward a goal and actually like it, like share the pride, keep the vision and all want to work together, always show up with their A game and get the thing done in the very best way. I can kind of rally people's emotions to then use their expert gifts at a really high level and a really interrelated level. Beautiful. That is remarkable. Thank you. (laughs) So how do people contact you, Dawn? The best way to kind of get to know me is on Instagram. It's at Dawn Troutman, which is my name. And Dawn is the way you think it is. Troutman is T-R-A-U-T-M-A-N. And also my website, thank you for mentioning it earlier, is bigpicturebigpurpose.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dawn. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and you have given so many um, nuggets and pearls of wisdom here and particularly just, um, you know, doing what comes easy to us. The other thing that's sort of sticking in my mind right now is just that signpost. What's the signpost I'm going to put in my week to sort of really draw towards so I'm still working towards my big picture and yeah I love that so thank you so much for joining me well thank you it was very fun to talk to you thanks for having me thank you for listening to Remarkable Woman Radio for more episodes and more details of today's show please go to remarkablemindset.com let me ask you what makes you remarkable remarkable